Hey, yo, hello everybody, yes, it is Thursday, and it's nine, so of course it is, UK Cowboys time, uh, welcome everybody, yes, it is episode 121 of season two, we're into the positional breakdown series, got myself and uh, Lorne, aka the senior with us, and we have as well from Star Gang, which we will talk about in a moment, the the great Mister Nix. Uh, you are on mute, Nix. Just so you know, um, I, I you've muted yourself there. Oh, there we go. He's in the building. How there are we, we doing, everyone? How are we? How are we? Yeah, doing doing good. A couple of weeks off watching my son's team losing every week at football. So glad to get away from that. And... Uh, when you say your son's team, <laughs> do you also mean the Scotland team as well? Well, there's 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 that, there's that as well, but um, I, I to to be honest, I don't really follow the round ball game, but um, my son <laughs> my son has been in a, a a league this year, which we were normally in a B league. They amalgamated everybody because it all dropped out, uh, a lot of teams dropped out, so they amalgamated us into one league. And I think the last couple of weeks we've been six nil, seven nil. 8-0, that sort of thing. So um, I'm glad the season's over and we're moving to a different league next year. So <laughs> <laughs> One that's like a bit more e even keeled is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, but, and I was being yeah. political with my words there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how is sunny uh, Texas over there next? It's 3 p.m. and it's hot, Okay. I'm just telling you right now, it's it's like 100 degrees. The humidity is like 60-something right now. The sun's blazing. If you walk outside and you think you're out there for two minutes, like, did I go swimming? I don't remember jumping in a pool. <laughs> but apparently I went swimming. I don't know how. But okay. neither here nor there. I mean, pleasure to be here with you guys, man. Awesome stuff as always with y'all. Uh, yeah, hot, though. H-O-T, all caps. H-O-T, hot, all caps. That's, that's where we're at over here in the greater East Texas area. <laughs> like I was saying to off it, I been over there for the summer, and somebody asked me what it was like, and I said, like I said to you, best way to describe it is being in someone's mouth. Fair enough. Yeah, just hot and wet. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's definitely worth <laughs> over here. There's no fans or butts about it. I, you know, <laughs> I wish I could tell you. I mean, I wish. I mean. It's not the most appeasing thing to say, but you know you're not wrong. So right. Yeah, it's trying to find a great uh, way to describe it. But what we'll do is we'll get to Star Gang in a moment. We're just oh, gonna okay. run into uh, some news and updates uh, that have popped up in the week. Uh, first of all, camp. So the dates have come out. That's some good news. Uh, so the dates have been set. Um, what we know is that they are arriving in Oxford on the 20th of July. The first practice then starting on the 22nd of July. Um, there is a post on our social media. So if you want to go and check out more of the dates and the specifics, it's all in there. Um, another one that came out is they're looking this year for uh, the throwback is to do also the throwback uh, helmet as well. And I quite like that. Yep. The old style, you know, it's like an off white with like the solid uh, blue star. I'm liking that. Um, other one is that's, that's uh, something they've not been. That's something what, what? they've not been able to do the last couple of years because mm. um, there, there was a league ruling that you were only allowed to have one hit for the, the entire season. And unless you Correct. could do something with that helmet, uh, taking the decals off and changing the decals, and some some teams were able to do that. 
obviously the Cowboys couldn't because you wouldn't be able to do a respray in time and then change it back the next week sort of thing. So this is something that's positive because I, I love the old throwback uniforms. Um, oh, whenever yeah. I'm, Whenever I'm playing Madden, I certainly use the 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 sort of the, the old throwback uniforms as much <laughs> yeah. as possible. You know, you know, I mean, how you know, I mean, take the NFL out of it real quick, right? The Cowboys are worth over the, the most you know valued franchise, five billion dollars, the whole nine. Like, how ridiculous is it? No, you look at college football, right? The Oregon Ducks, for instance, yeah, they got like. 50 million different jerseys, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. you look at the NBA, they got 50 million jerseys. In the NFL, we're like, sorry, guys, one helmet per team. Sorry. Y'all can spray them, do whatever, but it's only one helmet. It's like, really, NFL? So along with the numbers and they kind of eased up on the numbers now, good to see them starting to ease up on the helmets. You know, the NFL stood for the no fun league for a long the time. No league, yeah. And they're, yeah, they're trying to have a little bit of fun, right? They're like trying to get back into it. It's like, yeah, I'll allow it. So again, Come Thanksgiving, we better see those greatest uh, helmet jersey combos of all time in Cowboys Nation, <laughs> or we'll have to riot. <laughs> I, I like I like the riot idea. Riot sounds yes. good to me as well. Uh, yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, uh, in terms of news, uh, it's fairly quiet out there the off season. But I did want to ask you next, uh, sure. and I'm gonna ask you then about Stargang. I asked the guys because we started on the defensive line uh, last week in our positional breakdown series, looking at the defensive line. And the first question I asked them, and I'll ask you as well, is uh, in terms of the Cowboys' defense, uh, what they were last year. And I know that'll make you pop my Twitch as soon as you talk about the Cowboys' defense in 2020. Yeah. Uh, do you see this year's defense with what they've done? Is it better, worse, or some the same? How would you put it? Boy, it, it better not be worse, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. I'm it was with you there. I mean, it, it was historically worse, uh, or the worst in in Cowboys' uh, history. So, yeah. Um, here's the positive side to me. Uh, going into training camp as we're headed there on July 22nd is that yeah. the head coach they brought in said, oh, you guys were not really playing where you should be playing. And he at least aligned them where they need to be playing. Right? We've heard LVE talk about it. Man, I was yeah. out of position. I don't know what's going on. Uh, you've heard some different things about uh, the different cornerbacks and where they're going to play and what's going on there. So uh, the three techs versus one text, right? He's came and went and got like a Brent Urban and different things of that ilk. Uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, excited. What's going on, Mark Cantor? Um, so excited from that aspect of it. Uh, of aligning these guys right. Obviously, we had a very heavy defensive draft, um, mm-hmm. and we got to see how these rookies are going to. You know, we can't uh, we can't rely on these rookies to be the end all be all. What makes the difference? Some of these guys that had a down year last year, Jalen LVE, <laughs> right? They mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we're talking about linebackers today. Um, have yeah, to walk yeah. have to have to walk through that door and, and be better as well. So um, from an alignment standpoint and skin and schematically. Uh, what Dan Quinn wants to do, it fits the personnel better. So you would have to think, you know, right now, I call this the honeymoon season, guys. I call it the honeymoon season because you can't do no wrong. Sky's the limit. We're winning every game. There's no injuries. Oh, my God, here we go. Uh, So for the honeymoon side, man, it feels pretty good. Can't wait to see some of these battles at camp. Yeah, but then, oh, go on, go on, you take it away, Lone, and I'll... Come back. I was just going to say, if nothing else, it's a lot better in that we've had the OEAs this year. We've actually had the players getting it out on the field. You know, the, the, the talk is that there's three types of learning. There's watching it, there's talking about it, and there's actually doing it. Half of these guys actually need to get out on the field 
we saw last year with the the Zoom calls and everything like that, that, you know, guys weren't taking it on board, especially with a system like Mike Nolan's where there was a lot of check check with me, you know, do yeah. if if the guy is doing this, you know, you gotta do that. And um it was it was almost like trying to put the the Landry flex defense in in, in one season. Now Landry took five years before uh, before the defence became what's known as Doomsday. Um, mm-hmm. We were trying to do effectively the same thing last year. This year, we've got we've got players that are used to playing a multiple front. We've got more competition this year, I think. Um, you know, we spent a lot of money last year on guys like um, Gerald McCoy, Paul's favourite player that I can't mention. <laughs> um, you know, we, we spent yeah. money there that... Um, realistically you know yes we've got uh, cheaper guys this year but the competition's there and you know they're just looking for everybody that comes in is looking for a new system that they can flourish in if they if they get the chance and you know they, they've built on the OTAs if they go into training camp they have a good training camp I don't see why this can't be a better um, defense yeah uh, and then the next question I asked is because a lot of people, when you ask them that question, the first thing they say is, well, I don't know. Let's wait and see. I'd like to think so. I'd like to hope so. But the next question I always ask then is, are they better, though, with Dan Quinn driving, uh, driving steering the ship, should we say? That's my yeah. question to you, Nick. Yeah, no, I think uh... – for sure, and again, it just goes back to, to what I said uh, previously. Schematically, yeah. this lines up. That's one. Uh, mm-hmm. Two, he's already moved people in different positions uh, yeah. that, that they feel like they should have been in all along. And, and maybe in the thing that I didn't add that I'll add to this is number three, we heard a lot last year that the coaching staff last year wasn't really good teachers, right? And that kind of goes back to our guy talking about the yeah. Zoom calls, right, and you know, not really installing and getting it there where they needed to be is that we've seen Dan Quinn in the trenches take reps yes. even. Uh, yeah. The guys are very excited about him. You know, you hear the words players coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's literally in there mixing it up, uh, teaching them. I know for me, whenever I played, those were the coaches that I wasn't dear to, that wasn't scared to per se get their hand in the dirt with me and show me, not tell me how to do it, show me how to do it. You know, because not every player can – pick it up by you just telling them they need to see it or you know hands-on right we saw him working with osa like and he was grabbing osa showing him this rip yeah. and yeah. and different things yeah. so that's the biggest thing with dan quinn i think from the chief from the teaching side and that's his hallmark you know he started coaching in the front seven right he began as a mm-hmm. line coach right. as he ascended to where he is now and that's pretty big um for these guys because you keep hearing it from different guys in the locker room on the defensive side when they're doing the interview saying stuff like, well, yeah, he gets in there and mixes it up. Or, oh, yeah. he showed me – take Basham, for instance. He's like, I thought I was good, but they've already showed me, like, several different things that I didn't understand about my game yet. You know, a guy that we signed a free agency is going to be here for two years, uh, God willing, with his two-year deal. So, yeah, I mean, from that standpoint and the installation of what's going on, leaps and bounds ahead of where we were last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's funny that this one came up because we did a post uh, this week about guys that we think will be cut. Not that we want to, that we're afraid. I'll take take that one if you'd like me to. One of the guys we put on it was Bradley and I, and for me, it's the arm length. Look, look, well, it's not just arm length. Uh, We have to remember, he's not this coach's staff's pick. He wasn't their pick. That too. 
And, yeah. and, let, and let's also remember, even with the with the guys that, that drafted him and he was their guy last year, he got yeah. on the field on defense one snap mm-hmm. for the whole year outside of special teams. So when you look at not only just the free agency and um, what they did, and then you look at what they did in the draft, uh, he's battling. It's not to say that he will be cut. He's on the fringe. Yeah. Make no mistake about it. Mm-hmm. He is on the fringe, Dave. Um, you know, obviously we were built up. And you got to look at it like this, too. Every guy we select is going to get built up. They haven't been on the field, different things yeah. like that. So, But when Bradley and I just comes to that, he's not this staff's guy. And you look at what they added. The numbers game tells you what it is. So at the end of the day, he's going to have to compete. Now, it's not to say that he will be cut. But, guys, uh, absolutely, he's on the fr- – Yeah, I think Tristan Hill's another guy that, that definitely uh, is on the fringe. I uh, see you where know. you go in. I can right, see where you go in there. Because if yeah. we talk about we're talking about length and not their guy, right? Who yeah. thought the Antoine Woods who got cut, right? Because now we've only got two quote unquote one text, if you will, with the six round pick from Big Bo from Kansas, right? Mm-hmm. Bohana. And then you have uh the uh, uh, Urban, Brett Urban that we signed in free agency. So everyone's like, Oh, well, I mean, come on now. I mean, Woods is going to make it. No, he didn't make it. They got rid yeah. of him. And he doesn't fit the profile of Dan Quinn, and he's not Dan Quinn's guy. So uh, Bradley Knob definitely is – the heat is is hot for him. The seat is very hot for him. I, I'm totally I, – I, I, Tristan Hill, I, I think – I think you did we, – we saw with Tristan Hill that – what he can be. Um, mm-hmm. for uh, only a short period because of the awesome injury. Flashes. But I do see, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's a small sample size, but you did get to see the flashes, the burst, uh, you know, the snap anticipation that was there. Um, you've seen all of that, but it's whether he can come back and bounce back from an injury and solidify a spot. I agree with you there. Um, but yes, linebackers, and why we got you on, Mr. Nix. Because uh, uh, tell everybody, where did you play when uh, you played the great game on on the uh, on the gridiron on the old gridiron. Yeah, I was a uh, I was two way uh, tight end, defensive end slash outside linebacker, and I ended up I started as the end and ended up playing a lot more outside linebacker uh, yeah. than than the end. And I was a uh, strong side Sam, if you will, linebacker. So mm. uh, a lot of setting the edge, uh, playing just a take <laughs> on the outside of the tight end where the tight end goes. That's where I went. Uh, setting the edge, uh, forcing him maybe to block me one on one, get to the backfield if necessary, or at times, at times, go cover the tight end as well. But yeah, strong yeah. side linebacker is uh, my position where I played on the old gridiron. Yeah, well, you're not gonna like when we get to Jalen Smith, my comments about strong side <laughs> linebackers. Then <laughs> we'll see. Hold on now, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. I know, we'll I, know. See, Mike. I know. Just, just so you know, whatever I say, I still always love you. All right, so don't oh, worry enough. about that. Yeah, yeah, all right, it's always with love. But let's get into it then, guys. And I'm gonna start uh, you guys off with I think maybe the most electrifying pick for the Cowboys. And maybe apart from CD Lamb, what we've had in the last few years uh, with Micah Parsons, now he kind of fell into our lap thanks to uh, Denver and Carolina picking JC Horn and Patrick Satane. Right. Because uh, they were really the guys that we were going for. Um, but he was the first round pick. We made a trade with the Eagles as well um, from Penn State. And we can say a lot about the linebackers from Penn State. 22 years of age. I gave this pick an A grade. Mm-hmm. Um, my only issue with him, and we'll get to the numbers in a minute, I'll just get your initial thoughts on the picks, was that he sat out um, of the game for, you know, Rona reasons. Uh, so I noticed it, and I don't know if you did, when we were watching the senior ball, and we made this comment during the 
draft period is that all the players who opted out for the season, they were lacking instincts, you know, just like that edge yeah. to them. So it's a worry I've got with Micah Parsons, but I'll start with you next and I'll come over to Lorne then. What do you make of the Micah Parsons pick in the first round? Right. I mean, obviously, wasn't the Cowboys uh, as an organization what they wanted to do, right? They basically stared yeah. Denver in the eye and said, there's no way you'll pass on the quarterback, right, Justin Fields. You're going to take your quarterback and we're going to get our guy. Obviously, yeah. they knew something was of a, of a foot, if you will, because they did try to trade up. Mm-hmm. They did try. They did try to yeah. trade up in front of both of those teams to get their guy. Now we can argue schematics whoever they wanted, but now with that being said, they got a twofold here, right? So they they got to trade out from ten to pick up the extra third, and then they basically got to control where Devontae Smith went because that was kind of the hot button guy that was going to go there. Obviously, they wasn't scared of Devontae Smith going to Philly, so that's why they made the trade. You trade back two spots, you get the extra third, and you and you end up arguably with the best defensive prospect in the draft. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No matter if that's what their hopes and wishes and dreams were or not, sometimes you win by dumb luck in this thing, and you, <laughs> end up, you know, and, and you end up with the best defensive guy at twelve, and for your troubles, you got an extra third round pick. So, mm-hmm. um, very fortuitous for the Cowboys to end up with him. Um, obviously, there's some things like people wasn't sure one side, right? You didn't play last year, so there's something there. You know, you kind of yeah. worry about that. And then the other side was, well, is there a, maybe a maturity issue? Is there something maybe off the field that we need to worry yes, about? Yes, of course. Different, I forgot about right, that. Yeah. Right, different things there, which, you know, so far maybe it's not the number 12 pick we need to worry about. Maybe it's that number 44 pick some people are kind of worried about because he's rapping and doing some things. Different yeah. story for a different day. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, so far uh, he's walked through the door. Uh, the Cowboys, masters of their domain, right, they got him immediately. Hey, here's the press conference. Let's get the kid up there. We're going to have yeah. Jerry holding the kid. The they baby. Cut seven, right, they hadn't cut seven. They got the whole family joking with the family. Right, they've done a couple <laughs> of different things with him. Like Father's Day, oh, let's make sure we get him the kid on Father's Day video, get it up on the Twitter. So so mm-hmm. they're marketing him the right way to do things. And then, of course, the reporting's been great and what he's been doing. Now, we'll talk about some of the on-the-field stuff. But as far as the pick goes from your question, I mean, again, if you go from 10 to 12, get arguably the best defensive prospect in a defense that needs help, obviously, yeah. that we talked about led off with in a third-round pick. Great job. You know, from a GM standpoint, you had to give it an A as you already graded it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I did have him as my highest uh, defensive-ranked player. And as we'll look into, and I'll come to your take as well, Lorne, uh, the linebacker position is something that needed to be looked at. Um, but I'll get your take as well now, Lorne, while you're there. Um just basically, we already know because we've talked in depth on this yeah. show uh, together over this. But I'll still get your take anyway since we're on the linebacker position. Just like th- your grade yeah. and how you feel about it. Yeah, I th- I think it's an A grade. I mean, obviously we were we were having the big discussion on the on the draft show that yeah. you know it was it was probably going to be Sertan, it was probably going to be JC Horn, whatever. Um, obviously, I think it's it's actually looking at Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, his defense has always been about the front seven. Um, you know, the the picks that he's normally spent on second players haven't been that high picks. I mean, look at Richard Sherman; he was a fifth rounder. Um, he the the reason why the Re- Legion of Boom worked is because you had the front seven were an absolute dominating force. Yeah. That, you, you know, all you needed to do for a secondary was hold your guys up for two, three seconds um, and make the quarterback pull that, uh, you know, think again about where he's throwing, make him pump fake or whatever. 
and that just gave front seven a lot of a lot of time. A guy like Parsons, okay, at the time we were like, oh well, you know, what what are we doing here? We've lost out on Horn, we've lost out on Sartan. Mm-hmm. The more I think about it, I actually and Nick Eatman came on saying that you know they actually had a higher grade on Parsons than they had on any other defensive why. player. Yeah, you can see why. As, as you say, you know, we have the concerns in the senior bowl that all these players that had sat out, you know, they just missed um, the timing wasn't there. Mm. And that, that's something that you, you pick up on from doing things repetition, 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 and and actually being battle tested on the field. It, it's all very well going off and working with personal trainers, working with doing the drills that you would normally do in training but until you're in an on-field position and you're you're reacting to what somebody's trying to do to you that's something that um you know you do miss out you do miss out on that sort of yeah and 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 you're not wrong because i mean the one thing about the sport of football is i don't care how hard you train it's just one of the most difficult things to do to, to, to get better at than just mm-hmm. having the pads on and doing it with live rounds. Just, look, baseball, yeah. y'all got to have somebody throw to me just bad consistently, you no know, different, you know. Look, I'm loving Zeke and all the videos and whatnot, but, you know, what he's working out, he's slimmed up and everything. But until the pads are on and things are happening, man, look, quarterbacks, right? Oh, you can look great in seven on seven and stuff. But until then, things are really flying at you and things are happening, it's just a different beast. So when you have a, 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 a prospect, right, that misses a whole year of football, He's playing a little bit of catch up. So, you know, I mean, definitely. I mean, there's something to be had there. You know, speaking of Tuck, who's in here, me and him had a ton of conversations about this. Me and Tuck had about, man, the only guy he took, he didn't take off his board for not playing last year was uh, Chase, the wide receiver from LSU. But a lot of people kind of went into that and kind of thought about, hey, if he didn't play last year, I don't know if we can really miss for those simple reasons, you know. But, you know. We're hoping that, you know, Michael Parsons is a different beast so far. He showed up. He's done his thing. Uh, he came in shape, you know, stuff like that. But, yeah, also, guys, get ready. It's going to happen. If y'all didn't know, David DeCastro just got cut by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just seen that. I just so seen that. Yeah. you already know with, with the offensive line and everything, we're about to get <laughs> blown up with the Cowboys should go sign David DeCastro <laughs> right now. They should well, go get him. Get ready. <laughs> here's a per- here is a perfect segue because I, I ironically I wrote this down that mm-hmm. one of the, the the narratives with the draft was the Cowboys need O line Rashawn Slater um, all the rest of the you know the, all the familiar names that were in the draft um, for me. I was dead set against it, and I was very vocal even on our show about, no, we do not want to be drafting an offensive lineman with uh, that 10th pick. For me, it's not. You've got two great tackles. You could talk about their injury history and all the rest of it, but you can't predict really injuries. And I know the history is there, but for me, I was against the idea, and it was all about a defensive player. What was your feelings on it? And it's ironic that we were getting to the offensive line um, on that narrative. Were you dead set against the idea of an offensive lineman with with that 10th pick next? I mean, I wasn't completely off of it just because, A, you know, you, you know when you draft sometimes, you got to look at the future as well, right? Connor Williams, best season he's had, right, ever. But last year of his deal. Are you really mm. going to sign him to come back in and do things? Uh, 
do you need a younger swing tackle depending on what's going to happen with 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 Tyron Smith? And I think a lot of people get confused and think just because Tyron's been around for so long that he's about to be up out of here. Actually, if the next surgery, which I'm happy that he finally had the surgery, I think that's a big key yeah. why he's missed games. But mm-hmm. if the next surgery fixes that thing, he's younger. He's younger than Zach Martin, guys. <laughs> okay, yeah. let me be clear. And 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 so I mean, he has four or five years left in that body if the next surgery fixes things, but. I was like, here's the thing. If we would have took Slater, I wouldn't have been mad at it. Am I overexcited? No, but I wouldn't have been mad at it. I'm like, okay, I get it. It makes sense, right? You know, sometimes on Christmas, you know, you don't get exactly what you want, but you get what you need, (laughs) right? Uh, So, you know, I wouldn't have been mad at it, you know, obviously, depending on what was on the board. And once we got to that point at 12, right, it was basically him or Parsons, uh, you know. I'm okay with the Parsons pick over Slater because the offense line I thought in the case that I made was there were, if you were really thinking offensive tackle, there were guys in the second round that you could go get that I thought were really good, but I wouldn't, yeah. get, I wouldn't have been just overly upset about it either. So, I mean, I was good to go, but Hey, I, I like how it fell and, and what happened. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, cause like the, the thing that I looked at, I went through his statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, now is, is, um, Height, weight, speed ratio is off the charts. It's right in the top left-hand corner. We spoke about this before. I'll have to put that chart up for some people who don't understand it. But just to put it on there, he's 6'3", 244 pound, and he run a 436 40. Yeah. That's in the 99th percentile. And remember, he was a five-star running back. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. He was so, a running back going to college, so that's where that speed with that size comes into play for him. He's not your prototypical. I came in as a linebacker recruit. He was a big time running back recruit headed to Penn State. Yep. And yep. F- ironically, we've got a cornerback that played wide receiver. So you uh, see the opposite right. ends and yes. how that all works. Is uh, is ten yard split, which for me. I always say for defensive linemen and linebackers, you know, the 10-yard split is most important because that's the burst. Mm-hmm. Uh, one five nine. Mm. That is mm. insane speed. Anything yeah. below one six, yeah. I'm happy. Talk this foot. I go, no, no, go ahead, Mike. Talk that football porn to me. Talk oh, let's go. Yeah, give to, it to I keep me. giving it to you. All right, then. Uh, well, well, is, is, um, is broad jump 126. That's 90th percentile. And then you say, okay, but what's he like uh, agility-wise? Is three cone 696. Which is 73% now, but when you take into it the equation of his height and weight, you just go, wow, that is a guy yeah. who, who can move quick and yes. move fast and move uh, at angles as well. Which And you see that in the side-to-side play that he does. And it's just it's unbelievable that a guy can move that way. Thanks. As Paul and the, and the, the cash were got released by here, see, he's going to start and see. <laughs> you know, we just talked about that, Paul. Thank you. Very yeah, much. yeah. But no, you're, right. you're on I'm... the. Sh- oh yeah, no, 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 no. It's over to you. Go it's ahead. over to oh, you. Yeah, if you was on this show, Paul, you know. Yeah. Neither here nor he there. Would know. Yeah, he you would, would know. know. But neither here nor <laughs> there. But you're not wrong. You know, and right, and we had the little blurb right about our uh, swing tackle trade, right? And 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 basically, Michael Parsons put him in the mixer and almost hurt his knee because he juked inside, came back outside, had him fall back, and then all of a sudden, you had Dan Quinn said, "Oh." And then you had d say, oh, you got moves like that, Rook? Well, come over here. Let me show you some more, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, again, you know, for Parsons, and like they've talked about putting him at the Mike linebacker position and whatnot, maybe be our Bobby Wagner Jr. from Seattle. However, for the first year, if you got to, just use him as a defensive weapon. 
hey man, you want to stack him and deal on the same side? You can't you can't double team both of them. Do what you got to do to apply that pressure and move him yeah. around and let him be a weapon. And that's the greatest thing, you know, I think about him coming in right now with the lay of the land of what we do have in the linebacker room and that front seven is, hey, Neil, are, you know, LVE, you know, all these guys, health provided. I mean, you can kind of play with this guy a little bit and let him just go use all that great athletic ability you just talked about, Mike, and just allow him to make plays. Now, I get it. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of your draft analysts and, and some of these experts will say, well, you just don't draft the off-ball linebacker block. Man, I bring me players, okay? I'm not going to get too caught up in that. You know, the, yeah. well, you don't get this off-ball guy this high or you don't get a running back. Man, if that guy makes sense for your team, then you go get him. And obviously at 12, it made sense for us. And, and man, I look, going back to what you thought about and how we thought about Dan Quinn, the idea of moving him around so early on, right? I mean, we're in shells. We're doing seven-on-seven stuff. We're not a training camp, but the idea they're actually already playing and seeing what he can do as a playmaker, they're open to the idea, which, again, goes back to this defense should be better when you insert that kind of talent into this linebacker core. Yeah. And I think I think with the the multi front schemes that we're going to be using, you can line them up. Look, you know, start them off as a an outside linebacker, and then something happens to be suddenly one of them puts their hand down on the ground. You've then got him as a, you've then got him dropping back into coverage. You can use him all over the field, and mm-hmm. you know that position flex that. Yeah, okay, it can be a nasty word, but you know, just being able to use him anywhere in that on that field, and. Especially with the the big thing about a three four defense is you never know where that extra that extra rusher is coming from, you right. know. If you, you line line them up in the middle, you blitz them blitz them up the B gap, line them on the outside, you you have them coming around the the tackle, the end, whatever, you know. That, that just gives another level of uncertainty for the offense, you know, when they're trying to analyze who's coming on the blitz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and just so you know, he holds a Penn State record for uh, most tackles as a freshman. So yeah. he literally yeah. hit the ground running. And as a little tidbit stat for you, um, his last game that he ever played was at AT&T Stadium. Mm-hmm. Yep. So a little course, bit of a... Penn State one, one. used to be Penn State used to be known as linebacker U back in the days of Bobby yeah. Paterno. You know that 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 tradition is still there. Okay, the, the guys yeah. that have come out recently, Sean Lee, you know, as great a player as he was, unfortunately injury prone, um, you know, probably stopped him being uh, booking his ticket to Canton. If he'd if he'd been able to stay on the field, we probably would have been talking multi Pro Bowl player. Right. Um, you know, probably still be playing nowadays as well. Um, you know, it was just purely injuries. Mm-hmm. Any, you know, but. Again, this this guy looks like he could be a, the the next in the line of uh, Penn State greats. Yeah, right. yeah. So, I mean, and Bowman yeah. as well. Don't forget about Bowman as well, who uh, was saying you yeah. know recently for for uh, Penn State. So I mean, reason why they're called you know linebacker you and look, we're yeah. looking at Mike to come through and be that guy now, right? Yeah. Yep. So years went for you then, projection wise. I'm gonna ask you both. Oh. He is. He is on. If you're a betting man. The top guy to win defensive rookie of the year. Do you guys foresee that for him? I'm saying yes because I'm I say yes to everything when it comes to Cowboys. <laughs> Fair. So it, it's not it's not really any good. The Cowboys are going to win every game. 
everybody's right. number we're, one. Yeah, we're going 17 and 0. I'm with you. Uh, I'm buying uh, again. It's the honeymoon season. I'm buying all this for sure. <laughs> you know, I think the thing is, man, can he? Yes. Yes, he can for sure. Uh, he, he has the ability to to go out there and, and, and be that guy. Um, it, some of that's going to depend on how they deploy him, right? It's going to depend on, yes. you know, when, you know, and, and think about this, you know, with some of these multi fronts and bare fronts or four, three under, uh, maybe where we're doing some three, four, you know, all these different things we're talking about. Let's be clear. Let's get back to the brass tacks of it. 75 to 80% of the time, we're going to be in a four, two front. Right, nickel. Yes. Right, four yes. men, two linebackers. Yep. Is yep. he going to be the guy that gets to nod the most two the times at linebacker? I'll take you back to like, let me give you like a Roquan Smith for instance. Right, that played mm-hmm. for the for Georgia, got drafted to the Bears, wasn't rookie of the year. They used yep. him in different ways or whatnot. But now you see year two, three, and everything that's happening with him and how great of a it's linebacker he is. Now. Right. So yeah. it's like, how much are they going to lean on him? I think will dictate whether he has a chance or not. I think if they lean on him and he's going to play a majority of these steps, even when you're into the 4-2 defense or uh, the nickel, I should say, then, yes, absolutely has a chance. I mean, throw his hat in the ring for sure. He can be that guy. Yep. Yeah. Well, what about you, Lon? What are you, are you Are you agreeing? You got another take? No, I I, I think he, he's well positioned to be a rookie of the year. Um, you know, again, it's, it's not like a, a, a cornerback or somebody like that is obviously dependent on how he reads players and everything. Linebackers, it's a case of do your responsibility, attack whatever gap you're assigned to on each play. Um, it's a lot easier to stand out and create the pre- – you know, e- even if you're not getting to the quarterback and getting the sacks, just getting in his face – Doing anything to be disruptive is is going to get you get you noticed and get get you in the eyes of the 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 writers who ultimately then vote on on the um on the awards at the end of the season. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but we move from a guy that everyone loves to we we call it here in the UK Marmite because Marmite you either love Marmite or you hate it. And mm-hmm. the next guy we're going to talk about is Jalen Smith, a very controversial player. You can use stats to argue both sides of it. People mm-hmm. will say he's got the most, you know, he was the, the number one uh, tackler um, for the Cowboys, number two overall in the league. But then the other argument people can come back with was, yeah, but he was number one in assisted tackles. Um, yeah. So there's there's arguments you could pull all over the, on these stats. The big issue, I think, for everybody uh, is, look, he was a second-round pick, first of all. You can't deny that. We know the issues that he fell that far because um, of the injury that he had in the Senior Bowl. But right now, he's on a six-year deal, $69 million. In 2021, he's just shy of $10 million. Amongst all the other linebackers, he ranks 14th. The issue is, is that apart from his tackles, you look at the tackles for a loss, which is what I look at with linebackers. He's not even in the top 100. Quarterback hits, he's not even in the top 200. Everything else, uh, I mean, like, he's he's not, he's outside the top 100 in every other stat. For you, next with Jalen Smith, uh, oh, sorry, I forgot to mention from Notre Dame, um, how do you see him? Do you think, for me, Right. Remember, I said at the start about that that the that Sam linebacker type. Mm-hmm. For me, Jalen Smith falls into the mold of he's that downhill, very 
um, text, if he was to write a textbook on a Sam linebacker, that's what Jaden Smith is. For me, he does that adequately. Mm-hmm. But the issue for me is that type of linebacker is the way the game is evolving, is that type of linebacker is falling by the wayside. How do you see him? Well, I mean, you know, and, and to start out uh, out of the gate, right, is that he was forced to put the green dot on the helmet with the injuries and everything else. That's uh, not his yeah. game. It's not his game. He's not your Mike. He's not your middle linebacker. You don't want him, mm-hmm. I, you know, and I thought of one of the things it was late in the year, uh, maybe like around week 15 or 16, and there, there's a clip, right? If you go watch the, the sounds from the sideline, there's a clip before they're going back on the field, and Sean Lee's grabbing him, and Sean Lee's like, hey, if you're not sure, just call Cowboys. If you're not sure, just call Cowboys, because that's yeah. not what that's not his game, right? His game is, and one of the biggest things I said on the Stargate group as soon as he got in here, I was like, he'll be a Sam linebacker now. And that's where he needs to be because you're going to cut you're, – you're cutting the field down to a third, basically, okay? Mm-hmm. Right? Set the, you're giving him three things to do. Set the edge, right? I'm going to set this edge here. they got to block me one-on-one, go make a play. Two, just go after the quarterback. Or three, like we saw Dorrance Armstrong driving this wild last year, dropping into the flats and whatnot. Like, why is Dorrance Armstrong <laughs> yeah, dropping yeah. into the flats? What is going on? So, to me, he is the same linebacker. Now, to your point, though, Mike – we're talking yeah. about uh, 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 an alignment that we're going to be playing 20 to at most 30% in a game. So whenever we switch mm-hmm. to that nickel, is he going to be the guy there? See, to me, I, I, I don't see how he's the guy there. I know there's a couple of the linebackers we're going to talk about, but as we start talking I'm about those you, linebackers, yeah. like I don't see how any – and throw Parsons in that mix – I don't see how after we watched what he did and how he struggles in zone coverage and different things of that way of uh, how you could say he's going to be the guy in the nickel formation. But now Sam linebacker was out, bro. Hey, this was 1995 and we're in that. I, by all yeah. means, this guy is, is ready to rock and roll. Um, so it just goes back to how we do these alignments, how they decide to play things and, and, and you know, how much will be in that quote unquote base, right? That if that's the base yeah. in that four, three under, he's going to be the Sam how much stamps is going to get. Now, you talked about money lead. Now, I don't like to get into the money situation, but this makes sense here. because, But because we're talking about a rotational An unusual piece. Year. Right. We're, yeah, we're yeah. talking about a rotational yeah. piece at this point, right? We're talking, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 20, we're, we're, we're saying maybe 25, 35% of the plays where he's going to be effective. You know, uh, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, it, it's this is one of the things that Dan Quinn's came in to figure out. Because he added Neil, he's added Parsons. Yeah, he's yeah. got to figure out what this rotation is uh, and how they do things. But he is the Sam, and that's where he should be, where he is currently. He can't be the Mike because he's not. Again, he doesn't need to be calling the plays, even if you put him. Look, yeah, and look, yeah, yeah, yeah. And who's to say? Like, I'm not saying you got to make them in a linebacker. Your guy that's calling the plays, right? Let somebody else call mm-hmm. them, right? Because there were times where Sean Lee was an off-ball linebacker calling the plays, right? That we've seen that in Dallas before. But if you're going to keep it, it, the idea is they're going to put him back in middle. I mean, he, he I don't know about him calling the plays, guys, and, and that's just kind of where I'm at because it, it, I think it once he gets to thinking a little too much and not playing and doing what he does best, it becomes a problem. Now, I know a lot of people want to talk about the drop foot, the injury, the different things. Look, last year I'm throwing it out the window. If I've seen you play well before, yeah, I yeah, yeah, you yeah, play yeah. well again. And I know a lot of people want to get up and down, and the swiping was really weird, like – you, you got to tackle 10 yards down the field, just swiping different things. And the idea, he's just happy <laughs> to be here. And those, we're going to put that to the side and let's see where he yeah. lines up, what Dan Quinn's plan for him and move forward. But the situational stuff, 
for the payday and what you're talking about and different things against the cap. It's going to be very yeah. interesting to see if this is a really open competition. And also, how is he going to react to if he's only playing maybe 30% of the snaps? Yeah. Exactly. yeah I, think... I mean, like, the big thing is... Go on, Ron. Go on, go on. You take it well, and I'll come back. Right. Okay. No, I mean, I, I think, as, as Nix has said there, you got to throw last year out the, belt, out the window because... Um, you know, he'd obviously the last year of Rod Marinelli's scheme, he was he was close to Pro Bowl consideration. Um, mm-hmm. Then, you know, game, game one last year, Leighton Van Der Esch goes down with his uh, broken collarbone. He's suddenly going from playing the well linebacker to having to come in and start start at the middle linebacker, calling the plays, everything like that. We saw what the off the defensive line was like last year. That you know, certain people again couldn't couldn't uh, do anything. You know, they were basically standing up and standing there and not occupying the guy for the, the periods of time. Linebackers have to be able to float to the ball. If the if yeah. if the offensive line are getting to the second level straight away within you know a wee cursory handoff to your defensive lineman and then you're off to the second level and taking the linebackers out. The job that, whether the the sort of being able to track back and make the assisted tackle, what what Jalen actually did last year is mm-hmm. is good. And then as the season went on and there was more pressure about, you know, this being a historically bad defence, you know, again, I'm sort of talking about the the scene in the the replacements where they talk about quicksand you know one yeah, thing goes yeah, on, yeah, yeah. You, put pre- you put pressure on yourself and obviously Paul has that clip that you see Jalen comes in he, he blocks aims up into one gap and then all of a sudden yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's peeling out the running backs coming in through the gap that Jalen should have been there there's obviously something Jalen saw on that that made him suddenly double guess himself. You saw last year as well with Leighton, the the quarterback um the quarterback draw that uh, Lamar Jackson did. You know, obviously we had Leighton saying, Oh, mm-hmm. you know, I should have done this. Some mm-hmm. something instinctively made me go and do this and it's last year was a shit show to yeah. be honest. I mean Lauren, Lauren I mean Lauren, I think like, Lauren, they were all playing hero ball is what we call yep. it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. They were trying to make every single play instead of trusting the scheme, trusting the system. And that goes back to they didn't get it installed right. They didn't trust uh uh Nolan and whatnot. And they were just trying to do it on their own and they were playing hero ball. And when you mm-hmm. play hero ball, uh I mean you're just gonna get into trouble. I mean those are just yeah, facts. Yeah. That's why to me like we'll talk about, oh, we had those tackles, but then, well, the Cowboys, you know, they didn't touch the running back three yard, blah, blah, all this stuff. I'm like, man, I, I get it. Like, you don't want to say there's a throwaway season. Like, I don't believe in throwaway games and stuff. But at a certain point, I man, we just got to take it for what it is. And like, man, last year, it just, it just what it, it look, I, I don't know. I just don't know how we can really take anything from those players last year because I feel it's such a clean slate. Uh, and what yeah. they and what they're doing, bringing the scheme back, and you see the passion for these guys. You know, I mean, we were two, three weeks in last year, guys. They're like, that man. Uh, psh, I don't know about this defense, y'all. Uh, psh, uh, man, they don't see. You know, <laughs> we just saw we had anonymous sources out there in the media, and it's a different feel now. So, like again, I don't like to just throw away a season, Lauren. And everything you said is absolutely correct. I do not disagree with you, but I think we just saw the hero ball because they didn't trust the coaches. Yeah, and one thing you're talking about, you know, with the instinct and all the rest of it, that for me is Jalen Smith's 
biggest issue is, is it, it's that he's got the athleticism. There's no denying that. It's the instincts. And they don't seem to have developed over in time. Like, one of the monikers I've said, and you've probably heard this yourself, Nick, is with mm-hmm. linebackers, it is go slow until you know. Right. But what you see with Jalen Smith is there's no go slow. Wow, He's okay. up and Busy down throttle. that line. Oh, yeah, he is full throttle. And, you know, you talk about the swiping. I think a lot of that is that in his mind, he's just going a million miles an hour on everything. And we're talking pre-snap, at the snap, post-snap. That He's running around like a headless chicken, and then he's doing the swipe. Not because he's it's like some middle finger to Cowboys fans or whatever. He doesn't know what he's doing. I just think that he's just going so fast, and things are going so fast yeah. for him. He's just like, this is what I'm doing. And yeah, that's yeah. where yeah. it all falls down to. Um, but and, that, let's and that's go- actually something that, um, you know... Hopefully that he's picked up some of the habits of Sean Lee. The, you know, obviously we watched in All or Nothing where Sean Lee was spending hour after hour off the field, sitting in the right. sitting in the um, video rooms watching tape. Hopefully yeah. now that Sean's gone, somebody's taking up that mantle because being able to have an understanding of what the opposition are going to try and do to you, and what what sort of mismatches are going to try and create. You should mm-hmm. be able to pick up on that sort of thing, and that helps with your instincts, so that you're not playing with the adrenaline and you're not running around like a headless chicken, right. like trying to make yeah. a play, playing hero ball, as we've been talking about there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, for me, I, I'm not sure. There is looking at the cap numbers and out for Jalen Smith next year. So I'll get your projection when we want to Van Der Esch. Do you see him on? Do you see Jalen Smith on this roster next year? If he has, should we say a mediocre season? Mm. We're, we're, paying him to, we're paying him to be a star, and I think he has yeah. to be above. He, he certainly has to be above average this year. And by that, I don't just mean mopping up tackles. He needs to be making the tackles. He needs to be making tackles for loss, getting in the quarterback's face. You know, if he is on coverage, he's he's defending passes uh, in the flats. Um, you know, so if if it's a if it's a mediocre average or below average season, then yes, I think we're out of there. Um, okay, but yeah. this year he's he's on the roster. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'd say you guys. I mean, in the NFL, also we we talked about uh, no fun league. It also stands for not for long. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. And, yeah. and 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 so much can really change in a blink of an eye, right? I mean, go back to 2016 and Romo to Dak and boom, and here we go, right? I mean, just so quickly, you know. And even into that season, I told everybody, I was like, well, Romo's got about 32 games left. Enjoy it because Dak's here now. Who knew he had zero games left, you know, so it can change so quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, and with Jalen, it's like, it just kind of depends. What is Dan? And, and right. It comes back to Dan Quinn again. You know, the guy that I said, who was the best, you know, who was our greatest free agent pickup was Dan Quinn. You know, we kind of let off and we talked about him earlier, Mike. Right. So what is yeah. his plan for these guys? You know, back to uh, Lawrence part of, you know, well, what Sean Lee, what he did. See, to me, I think that's Keanu Neal now because he know he comes from Dan Quinn's system. He's in here to say, hey, here's how we run our system. So here's how things are going to work and how they're going to try to attack us. I've seen it because 
He played 42% uh, of snaps at linebacker at Atlanta with Dan Quinn already before making the full transition. Um, so, I mean, it just really – look, yes, does it depend on Jalen? Sure, he's got to walk through the door and play better. But a lot of that's going to detail what Dan Quinn's overall plan is for him and how he sees to put him in there. Look, I'll tell you now, if he – if literally, if he is only – going to be on for 20 to 30% of the snaps, 35 is the cap. He won't be here next year. You're not going to pay yeah. a guy that much for, you know, a specialist anyway, because at that point you're calling him a specialist. And if he's not a defensive end rushing, getting you, you know, you know, seven to 12 sacks a year, you're not paying that guy. Um, and, and of course, you know, we even got to Jamil Cox shit, right? You already added two, you know, rookie linebackers and then you got Neil and whatnot. So yeah, it's, it's up to, you know, Jalen for sure. Yeah. But it's also to Dan Quinn and what his vision is and where he's going to put him, uh, you know, in a place to succeed. This yeah, year, for sure, is. though, he's not getting cut this year, though. For a lot, I oh, know no, a lot no, of fans, no a lot of fans are yeah. out there. But let's talk about I me. Mean, a lot of fans are out there thinking, thinking he's going to get up out of here. Now he's definitely not no. going anywhere this year. The dead cop yeah. is way too much. Right. Yeah. the The other consideration for next year is that um, we're predicted to be about twenty four million. Over the cap at the moment for next year. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know there is. Go sign the Castro. Go sign the Castro. But I mean, no, go ahead, Lauren. I need to cut you off, Lauren. I'm sorry. Go ahead, though. No, 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 no. That's a great point, Lauren. Go ahead. There probably is going to be some sort of restructuring contracts next year, and cutting some dead weight, whatever. If if you know if. If the numbers are there, then yes, you restructure him, try and get him to another extension, spread mm-hmm. spread any further cap cost out. Um, you know, we're going to have to do some sort of wholesale wholesale change next year. Get rid of some of the the high price people, uh, which is why again Stephen was reported that you know Stephen's certainly happier to get as many of these draft picks on the roster this year. Because then you're you're getting rid of some of the more expensive parts, and again, that's one of the reasons guys like Cedric Wilson, where we put that up on the post this week, is one of the ones that's maybe on the bubble. That's that's right. certainly an, some th- something to consider because the more we can carry across next year, um, again, that's that's maybe helping you out as well. Um, yeah, and you're, you're that ended up being uh... as much. Yeah, and you're talking about that post. That turned out to be quite a controversial post. A lot of people yeah. angry and some people agreeing. Yeah, yeah. It's all about creating a bit of uh, conversation. Though. But let's move on to the next guy. I actually like Leighton Van Der Esch. I'm a big fan of him, right? And I know that, like, in some circles, you say you like, Va- you like Van Der Esch. Mm. Um, instantly, people turn off to you. They go, no, no, no. But... I do like him, right? I know there's the issue that he's only started in 35 games out of a possible 48. That is an issue. And he did one of the reasons why he was... Because in college, in Boise, he was really good. The issue was is he did have the neck injuries in college. Um, but just to put things in order, he's 25 years of age. We took him in the first round in 2018. Fifth year's been declined on him. And with the way that the structure works on the CBA, uh, he's uh, this year on the cap 3.7 mil, uh, which isn't a lot at all. For me, I like him. He's talked about being in great shape, um, that he feels good, the neck's good. 
I know, obviously, when game time happens, that all goes out the window. For me, I like him because of the, the role he plays, you know, that typical thumper linebacker. Yeah. Um, the Brian Urlacher, which is kind of really what he was uh, comped at. But you do see that in him. For me, for you guys, if you both uh, want to pay in on this then, for him to get a payday uh, and to stay out of the Cowboys next year, what does Leighton Van Der Esch need to do? I'll start with you next. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got to go back to 2018, right? He has to go back to 2018 uh, and be that guy. Now, part of that is, you know, they put him back at, you know, the will, right? Let's mm-hmm. look, look now. And, and, and you say, well, Nick, what does that mean? He's back to the will. Well, what it means is in that base is he's not lined up over the, the tight end. He's allowed yeah. to kind of flee flow run, mm-hmm. you know, from a physical standpoint, not to say that, I mean, football's physical, but from a physical standpoint, <laughs> it's not the most physical demanding uh, position yeah. uh, of linebacker, so he's able to mm-hmm. flow and run and go make plays. Which back to the Brian Urlacher point, you know, he's able, he is quick, he is fast, he can make tackles. Those yeah, things yeah. can happen, uh, and he's been verbal about that. He's been very, mm-hmm. very verbal early yeah. on at the OTAs and mini camps. Like, yeah, I've been out of position for two years. I don't know why they put me in middle. Basically, he's like, I feel like I'm getting back to myself now. To the other side of the. I'm the best shape ever, but I look, they all say this. And look, and you got to, right? Yep. That's fine. You got to say that. But the yep. one thing I will say, the neck issue, and we did have the neck issue in, in what, 19. And now the Cowboys kind of, oh, it's a stinger. It's not a stinger. It's, okay, it was a neck issue. He had to have surgery. Now, last year, broken collarbone, those things happen. I'm not really going to go out of my way and be like, oh, well, he's Sean Lee 2.0. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to go that It's not a soft far. tissue injury. Yes, there you go. They, exactly. All yeah, right, yeah. so you had a neck issue, you got it corrected, you broke a bone. So it's not like, oh, my hammy's hurt. You know, I, I completely, as Sean Lee said, my my whole entire ab got, you know, ripped off. I had to, you know, it's not those kind of things. Yeah. So, and you're getting back to a position that he was successful at, back to Dan Quinn. All these all these roads lead to Dan Quinn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, right, and you're putting back over there letting him be successful. But again, just like him to get a payday or going all the way back over here to Jalen, well, what does Dan Quinn see fit? Where, who's going to be the big key guys on all these guys that we're talking about them? Nickel, 70% plus of the time. Who are the two linebackers that are going to be out there in nickel? Because I don't see a it's situation where – It's going to be the most where, important as well. Right, right. So I don't really see a situation where we're going to say, well, it just depends on game to game, game to week. Because coaches believe in players at a certain point. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. And, and there's going to be a point where, hey, we're in nickel. These are my two guys. Outside of that, we'll find places for you, whatever. So, again, uh, you know, my training camp is so important. And what we're going to see is who are going to be the two guys on nickel. That will dictate everything. Uh, but, I'm, I'm excited, but for me, I'm excited for Sean Lee, actually. Going back to the weak side, depending on how much we play in this 4-3 under and let him roam and do. I'm ex- Hey, man, I'll tell you right now. Oh, Sean Lee, excuse me. The yeah, we got you. 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 Man, boy, if, if, if Leighton Ventures can get back to 2018, boy, there's a lot to be excited about. Oh, yeah. Sure. Same thing with Jalen Broke up, broke caliber. And when you're talking about it with, with the nickel linebacker, what you have to take into account is the Dan Quinn system is the right. cover one, cover three. Right. So that takes totally everything into account what your linebacker, which piece you're going to use. Yeah. So you're completely correct that, that camp is the most important. And I think with the way, you know, Dan Quinn plays the cover one and the cover three and the way that the league is going in terms of the, the style of play. Mm-hmm. That nickel linebacker is going to be the most important, I think, 
in determining what happens with the defense. Um, but let's say Leighton Van Der Esch has a season where the Cowboys decide to keep him. Let's say he has a, a 2018 season. What would be the dollar amount you would put on a cap for him going forward for the Cowboys? I Tricky, mean, you, know, I know. you know how the Cowboys are. We we are we Overpay. are re, we, we are we are reactive, not proactive. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you know, hey, oh, you had a great year. You're 2018 LVE again. Back up the Brinks truck. It'll be fine. Yeah. We'll pay somebody yeah. later. It's okay. Uh, it, it is intriguing because I think there's a couple of guys. You know, we're talking about the money side of it, like a Randy Gregory. Obviously, I think you get the deal done sooner than later. It's going to yeah. behoove you. I do believe in L. Now, see on the LVE side, I do believe. Hey, man, you got to prove it to me again. We spent two years mm-hmm. of wash, so I want to see it again. Maybe that costs me on the back end a little bit more. However, I got to see it. So protect um, yourself, right? You got to protect yourself on that front. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think you know, I think Steve is a little bit burnt just because a couple of guys he gave a deal to early. And I'm gonna go back to Tyron Crawford, and then you moved him. He got hurt here and there, you know. So I think he's a little burnt on some of that stuff. But yeah, man, I'll be walk through the door, man. I mean, yes, I mean, bro. If, if it's a big, if it's a big number, that means he had to play in a top ten style, uh, you know, linebacker. Um, Jalen took a little bit of a, of, of a deal for us. If you look at the grander scheme of things, no matter what the numbers True. look like now, but True. he did take yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. of a deal. And I yeah. think LVE might come into the same point, guys. I think after two years, what happened, he's not getting the that fifth-year option. Maybe something. Uh, maybe, maybe he ends up, if he has a great 2018 style season, I'll, I'll put him in the top 15 range. Top 10 to yeah. 15 type of deal. Yeah. Not top 10, maybe top 10 to 15. I think with the, that one. The, yeah, I mean, I think the fifth year option, if we'd if we'd exercised it, would have been about a nine million uh, cap yes, hit next yeah, year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, if he if he has a fantastic season this year, I think that's your starting point. Um, you know, the okay. same way that we were talking with Dak, that when he was doing all the contract negotiations, that you know he was paid thirty one million last year. Thirty one million would be his base this year that you'd be talking about. Any deal, any potential deal, you'd be talking it. It would have to be that per season at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if if he balls out this year, you're you're probably talking nine million, or you're 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 giving him I guarantees so, yeah. that will that will pick up that sort of um, contract range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if he if he has a, I, I think you can probably get if if you were mid season, you could probably get him. And he he the trajectory is that he's going to match that. That's when you maybe start talking to him, try and get the deal done then, yeah. rather than letting him hit the open market. Because as soon as he's hit the open market, that's it. I mean, you're you're competing with anybody else. Maybe believe it or not, he might end up getting fifteen million a year if yeah. if, it's, if it's a fantastic season. Because, I mean, the guy's athletic testing, and we'll move on to the next two guys. Yeah. Just to give you his athletic testing, it's, like, phenomenal. You, mm. you just All I'm saying is I don't need to go through the numbers. They're all in the yeah. 95s, 96s, 97s, mm. 95. The worst with his bench rep, which was in the 36 percentile, but everything else is in, like, the 90th percentile. And I, to have a play like that just goes to show you the base level of the player that you're playing with. This right. is literally down to the neck. But let's move to the next two guys. Uh, I'm going to lump them together. Um, that is Francis Bernard, Luke Gifford. Uh, so Francis Bernard from Utah, undrafted free agent last mm-hmm. year. 
780k on the cap. Luke Gifford, undrafted free agent from the Cornhuskers, uh, Nebraska. Um, this is his contract, both on contract years. Uh, he's 850 on a cake. There is 18 tackles between them, six solo. That's between them both. Any of them pay your keeper? Just keep it simple for these pair. Any of them pay your keeping going forward? I mean, the special Knowing teams. Knowing what you've got on the back end yeah, of that roster. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, obviously these guys yeah. are looking at special team guys. I mean, Francis Bernard uh, coveted as a great cover linebacker, all right? Uh, Luke Gifford, yeah. who, you know, obviously is his rookie year, had some flashes in, in training camp and obviously in some uh, preseason games, and then he's just yeah. been injured. I mean, um, I, I'm yeah. thinking I'm, I, it, if I'm a betting man, you're not keeping both. Uh, that might be the battle. Yeah. On who stays to be on who wants to play special teams the most. Uh, you know, for me, I'll give the nod to Francis Bernard. That's why but, I would go, yeah. But both on, both of these guys both of these guys are sort of lumped in that, that they're supposed to be instinctive, but in terms of the actual speed that they have on the field, they're they're lacking the speed. Um so they, they really they need to be following that go slow until you know uh, mantra. Um, <laughs> it seems working. It's yeah, working. right. Yep. <laughs> um, I, th- I think as we've as we've discussed, special teams is their their way of making a mark, and just then unfortunately hoping that um, something causes them to step up. And you know, again, again, we we don't truly know what this system is going to be like if Dan Quinn is forced to play them for some reason. You know, maybe he can find a niche for them. And you know they can carve out some sort of career, but uh, to be honest, at the moment I think they're going to be they're going to be strictly on the special team kickoff, uh, kick return, that sort of thing. So they were on our list as um, cuts for not Mm. making week one, and some people made a lot of Cowboys fan made this the the, uh, you know the reply to us that special teams. A lot of people are saying Mm. that, Um, but let's move on to the next guy because this for me was maybe one of the biggest free agent signings for the year for the Cowboys. It's linebacker, not safety, Keanu Neal, 25 years of age. He was actually a first-round pick in 2016 from Florida, playing uh, for Atlanta. Two million on the cap this year. Uh, Did have some nasty Achilles injuries, I believe it was, in 2018 and 19. Last year, believe it or not, for Atlanta, was his pinnacle year. He had his best year for for his career uh, last year. One thing I always say about Keanu Neal, because people say I'm not so sure. The first point is you already made it next. He knows the Dan Quinn system for uh, the way things are going with question marks on training camp and, uh, you know, Zoom meetings and all the rest of it. A player that already knows the system can hit the ground running. That's good news. You can't take away from the fact he has played in five playoff games and been to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know that's not an individual stat, but it just goes to show that he was on a defense that was able to get a team there. Um, But give me your take next on Keanu Neal, and then I'll get Lawrence. Yeah, you know, um, you you want to bring guys in. You know, anytime you come as a defensive coordinator, you want your guy, right? You want a guy to come in here, you know, be able to preach the good word. Hey, this defense is going to work. If you don't think so, trust me, I've been in it before. Here's what to look for. And not only just the fact he's in there with the linebackers, from playing the safety position, on that field, he can kind of give some nuggets to the safeties and whatnot on the back end as well. So he's able to do a little twofold there, right? Uh, He can Mm -hmm. also be 
you know, the, you know, you got the fire extinguisher with your schools or whatever, break the glass in case of emergency. In case of an emergency <laughs> and you just happen to need a strong safety, right? I mean, you could, you know, possibly, you know, injuries happen. We know how that works. You know, if some happens to Wilson and we're not looking too good at strong safety, hey, Neil, can you come back and help us a little bit, right? So he kind of helps, you know, two fronts. Um, I'm intrigued to see because he wants to play linebacker. And, again, I talked about yeah. this a little earlier. Last year in Atlanta, he played 42% of the snaps at linebacker. As you said, Mike, yep. one of his better years. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, to me, you would think, right, we talked about these two linebackers in the nickel, you're penciling him in, he, right? You think he's going to be one of the guys for sure, um, you know. But you know, the money doesn't dictate that, though, either. We'll wait and see how that plays out. I'm with you, though. I'm super excited. A guy, you know, again, playoff experience, as you said, Super Bowl, you know, you can't buy that that's that's something that you get and you can you know spread that to the rest of the guys um yeah, yeah he wants and, you know and he, and he said it you know, verbatim his quote i want to be in the mix and hit people he's like safety got too <laughs> bo-. he said safety got too boring sometimes i want to be in the mix and, and, and hit people and help this run and again i think it's another thing that dan quinn has done because from the very beginning of the outset of once we got dan quinn in i was like okay he's a d-line coach Right. So front seven, his forte, this run defense was so horrible last year. Right. We gave him 155 yards per game, 31st in the league. So he I wasn't sure how he was going to go about it. You know, more secondary, more front. To me, I was like, I thought if we was going to get big free agents, it was going to be in the front seven. Now, maybe not the biggest of free agents. Neil's big free agent, He's front seven, though. Right. And most of the guys that we did go out here and sign the Bashams, the Urbans, our front seven. He is throwing everything at the wall. So no, no. And, and you look at the draft picks. Yeah. We're going to fix this front seven. And Neil's a part of that process. So I'm excited to see, like, we're not ignoring it. That Sometimes it kind of happens in off seasons, right? We don't really attack what needs to be fixed. It looks like Dan Quinn is doing that. Neil's a part of that puzzle to be that mouthpiece on the field. You're going to actually, Neil, to me, was one of the guys, I kind of wish they would have gave a two-year deal. I know they gave it to Basham as well, but yeah, Neil, yeah, I thought yeah, at 25, yeah. I was like, yeah. man, can we not get a two-year deal right now? What's well, nice and maybe a smidge cheaper, but all Neil with his youth wants to get that proven deal, go out there and, and maybe cash in, so I understand that, but super excited for Neil, what he can do, and again, it creates competition. So the LVEs and the gems we talked about, hey, you can't just rest on your laurels and you've been signed or you got the fifth year option. It wasn't, hey, Neil's here to compete and you better stand. Now, here's my comparisons we talked about. We'll get to Cox here in a second. You got to compete yeah, yeah, yeah. for a spot. And whenever you do that, as the old saying goes, man, iron shoppers iron, and we should get better play overall from our linebacker position. But I'm excited about Neil, man. I'm with you. Uh, Urban's my biggest guy that I like signing, but man, Neil's right there, man. Yeah, uh, funnily enough, ironically, we talked uh, quite in depth about Basham last yeah. week because we put him in with the D-line guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, you, you could put him as a linebacker if you wanted to depending go down that the, road. Yeah, depending, depending on, on the setup, absolutely. He came from the Jets. He did yeah, some standing yeah, up. Yeah, the Leo position, right? Exactly. That we talk about a ton yeah. with uh, Dan Quinn because Dan Quinn's a 4-3 under, 4-6, but he has a lot of 3-4 principles with the defense line, with the different guests that they take and different things. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you'll see like – for instance, Basham will slide inside to a three-tech sometimes. Or, but yeah, a Chauncey that we drafted from Iowa plays that five-tech position, right? You'll see him slide inside too with a three-tech. Like, you used to see that with uh, with Bennett for them up there in Seattle. So, the multiple fronts is, is what's really curious and how they're going to play this thing out. Yep, yep. And uh, th- uh, as yeah, you've, uh, you what's guys your take discussed... then on Keanu Neal? 
Well, as you guys have discussed, you know, obviously he's he's played safety. He's spent a bit of time playing linebacker in Dan Quinn's system. So he will be a yeah. coach on the field. Get Make sure guys are lined up in position, you know, what they should be keying. Just a little comment here, there, or what have you, you know, take take a step to the left, take a step, half step to the right. Mm, Get yeah. the guys in position. He can control things on the field better. My concern is obviously having him up near the line of scrimmage as a, as a linebacker. And, you know, he's only going to be, he's aiming to come into camp at 215 pounds, trying to, trying to take on a, a, an offensive lineman coming out to a second level to, um, to run block. That's going to be difficult for him. You know, he is traditionally, he's he been a thumper. Yeah, he's yeah. a thump, he's a thumper in the same way that Donovan Wilson is. Now, equally, that can sometimes end up that you're you're sitting in the the blue tent, get undergoing concussion protocols, especially if you're going <laughs> up against a big beefy guy. Right. Um, yeah. Although I will say though, I, I do believe, and I mean, excuse for the article that I forgot that I read it from. I've heard he he's beefed up to about two thirty now. Nice. I heard he's around right. two thirty-two, okay. thirty-five. I think he's beefed up some. I don't. I again, I forgot where. I, I, I think it was Elskowitz.com. I'm not quite sure. Obviously, we'll see that. But I have heard he he has added some weight to play the linebacker position. He's somewhere that good. in yeah. that yeah. two thirty to two thirty-five. But you're absolutely right. That two twelve, two twenty. I think that's where the so NFL is like headed. The, yeah, I, I think <laughs> the NFL is headed to that linebacker wants to a certain extent with the coverage abilities yeah, yeah. and what's happening. But yeah, maybe a little too super there. But I do think he has beefed up a little bit though. But well, I'm you, with you. you look at yeah. yeah, you look at those guys like Dion White and um, Dion Jones, etc. They they mm-hmm. are the younger, lighter guys that are right. able to excel in pass coverage, and that's probably what we're trying to do with Keanu Neal as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 definitely. But let's move on to uh, the next guy, uh, and really, in terms of like the starting guys, as soon as you put this. You mentioned this name to any Dallas Cowboys fan, they instantly light up with a great big smile. Um, some people complain about the nation right pick. Um, I, I've got an article coming out on that. We're just waiting for the defensive back position because, believe me, you'll be happy about what's going on there. Jabril Cox. Right. So here it is. Uh, from North Dakota State slash LSU. Mm. Um, taken in the fourth round. Now, on my board, I went back and checked. He was actually ranked my 31st player. Okay. So he was yep. nearly You're practically a, a, yeah, a first-round pick. Yeah. Because the guy is, honestly, he's totally insane. 23 years of age. Not to forget, he helped take NDSU to an FCS championship and won it. So mm-hmm. he won it. He then decides, this league is a bit below me. I'm going to go to the next level. Goes to LSU. SEC bear in mind, mm-hmm. and he ends up absolutely... He was probably on a bad LSU team, one of the best yep. players on that roster. Mm-hmm. So much so, and we put the stat up uh, this week, he actually recorded the uh, lowest quarterback rating against than any other linebacker in the SEC. He had, a, I, I think he allowed a quarterback rating of... What was it? I 57, think it was like 50, 57, wasn't it? Something like that. It was the lowest in the SEC. That's how great this guy is. For you guys, outlook, role, position, what do you see for J- 
Brilcock. Start with you, Nick, because I love okay. talking about this guy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and he's he's sparked up a lot of different uh, ideas about what to do with him. Uh, yeah. You know, another another stat too. I think he was targeted forty one times. Ended up with like four interceptions, five or six batted balls. I mean, just different things like the ball. He's kind of magnetized to the ball for a linebacker, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, for me, I call him Weapon X. Is what I call him, and he's the most intriguing guy. I think as we talked about all this these guys. Yeah, I think as we talk about all these guys, right? And it's just like to me, it's like, well, and I had him. You had him a little higher than me. I had him as a mid to late second rounder, but still, nonetheless, great. I mean, value wise, great yeah. pick. Uh, you know, uh, tackling's a little uh, bit yeah. of an issue. Tackling's a little bit of an issue with him now. He's not the best tackler. That is know? true. Yeah. But you know, from the cover standpoint for a linebacker, I mean, we're talking about six four, right? The length, you know, the speed, all the things that Dan Quinn's trying to really just inject into the veins of this defense. He brings it. You know, that your normal outlook would be, hey man, he's going to chill this year, spot duty, case of injuries, special teams guy, go on from there. But you just, to me, you just can't ignore what he can help you with. See, to me, he's another one of those guys, the future of the position of linebacker with the, his ability to cover. Yes. And and the way it evolving. Right. To me, you got to find a yeah. way in spot packages or whatever to get him in there, whether it's a quote unquote, a big nickel where we're going to add mm-hmm. it, you know, you know, add a quote unquote, well, he's not a safety, but you know what? Oh, they got this tight end that's going to line up in the slot. Well, maybe we can put him over there, let him plug and chug a little bit, right? Or, you know, yeah. maybe we see some of the 3-3, three, three, you know, a little bit of the 3-3 three, three front, right? Three defensive yeah, lines, yeah, three yeah. linebackers, right? Yeah, yeah. And now you plug in Cox as that third linebacker to help you with that coverage in those passing situations. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I, yeah, for me, I think his talent is, is too much to just say, hey, this is your red shirt year. You'll be on the team. You're going to be special teams. I, again, weapon X is what I call him. And I think <laughs> we have to find a way to get him as a weapon. I, I'm almost looking at him like a jack of maybe all trades. I got to work on the tackling. You know, Tom, like, yeah. you, you think of the honey badger, right? And yep. he, he, he's it's a safety. Good way to look at it. Right. He's yeah, a safety. Yeah, yeah. Man, he's all over the field, though. He's in the slot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's blitzing off the edge, you know, in the box. Deep. He's kind of that. So I kind of look at Jabril Cox to a certain extent of he's kind of that way, a, a Swiss army knife, if you will, at the linebacker position. And I think, and Dan Quinn's creator, I think there's ways they could do things to get him involved, and I think it behooves us. And, again, as we keep talking about these guys and those, those Jalen's and LVEs, you better bring your lunch pail. Because there's guys yeah. here to compete. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and like you say, the way the position is moving and evolving, mm-hmm. the linebacker is moving away from the Jalen Smith type and more towards the Jabril Cox type. Right. Um, for me, I, I, I'm totally with you that he's going to be that big nickelback. Uh, like maybe perhaps like some teams have got that tight end killer role. Yep. And that, that's Byron how I Jones see year them. one, like Byron Jones year one. Yeah, he was kind of the safety, but boy, when we had linebackers, yeah. he was in the uh, excuse me, tight ends, he was in the box, he was just trying to eliminate those guys. And I mean, I mean, he's taller and longer than than Byron is, even so. I'm excited to see what Dan Quinn comes up with it, but they got to come up with their role. He's one of the guys for sure. I'm like, this guy needs some type of role, and I hope they follow through and walk through with yeah. that, what he can do. Yeah. Yeah, they need to bake in snaps for him, definitely. I mean, just well, the, the, the thing that instantly pops out to me is the guy's got a 79 and a half inch wingspan. So crazy. <laughs> so crazy. It's like, man, I'm going to create this linebacker. I'm going to give 6'4, pterodactyl arms, uh, super yeah. massive can cover. That's what I want, right? Oh, man. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Yeah, but go on, Lauren. I'll get your take on Jabril Cox, and we'll move on to the last two guys. Yeah, I mean, I think I think if you're going to use him, 
you know, you maybe spell Leighton Van Der Esch with him, you know, because Leighton's Definitely. good at dropping He's back in like coverage. Him. Right. Um, you, you're not gonna you're not gonna swap him out with Jalen. I would say for pure pass rushing, or you know, um, you you you'll scheme a few blitzes in for him, but uh, generally is his strength is the pass coverage, uh, whether it be zone or man. Um, as as you say, let let him carve out a niche this year. Uh, if need be, stick on special teams and then build up for next season. As we say, we don't know what's happening with Jalen. We don't know what's happening with Leighton Van Der Esch next year. If you've got somebody who's coming in and assuming a starting role next year, who's who's been blooded in the system, um, learned, learned, taking his knocks, everything like that, and then able to step in and take that position, you know, you're ahead of the curve for next year. Um, but you know, certainly coming out of college, it seemed to be the steal of the draft. And uh, you know, if he if he lives up to potential, then great. You know, this is this is going to be a fantastic linebacking core. If yeah. you if you get everything, if you get everything that we should have on paper, you're going to have just one of the best linebacking cores ever. And Ben, and, and, Lauren, and Lauren, even back to your point earlier, where you're talking about, and you you just bringing up that. Uh, Stephen Jones was saying, like, hey, these draft picks, if they make the team, well, that helps us we can move on. I mean, at the end of the day, Jameer Cox walks through that door, and it's going to be Parsons and Cox moving forward. Well, I mean, we can, we can go and kiss all the rest of the linebackers goodbye and find some depth behind <laughs> them and move forward and save all that yep. money then. So, and you can have these guys for the next three years on rookie deals, saving that money to put in other places and, and do those things. So that's another thing, too, that's big about Cox as well, is if they do carve out that position, he walks through that door and come next season, like, okay, yeah, we can roll with these two as our main guys, with, with Parsons and Cox. Well, then the rest of the guys can, hey, hey, we appreciate your services. Good luck in your future. And then they can move on. And salary cap, that helps you out tremendously, yep. as you brought up earlier, Lauren. Yeah. And the other thing as well, that, and we'll move on to the last two guys and wrap things up. A lot of people talk about the problems with taking Nation like pick 99. If you flipped it and you said, okay, well, what if we took Jabril Cox at 99 and you took Nation right in the fourth round? People go, oh, yeah, I'm happy with that. It's like, well, just in your mind, do that because that's basically what we've done. Well, yeah. I, I'll give you, I'll give you a different perspective on it, and see if you guys like this. And I tweeted this out today, and I was talking with some other people. Yeah, Kelvin Joseph at forty-four was the scouts pick, not the coaches pick. True. Nashawn Wright was the coaches pick, and they pushed for it because actually the scouts wanted Cox, and they pushed for Wright because once you get to camp, it's much easier to sell a fan base at a third-round pick be out a second round pick for a position or a starting position. Then you start talking to get into the weeds of a fourth, fifth, sixth one. They beat our second round pick. Like, oh, well, you messed up. You messed up the trap. Da, da, da. And then again, so now you have the scouts with Kelvin. You have the coaches with no Sean in the third. I think that's a very intriguing thing to look at heading into camp. And, and people need to pay attention to that. And then you go back to Jerry says, well, don't worry about where we drafted them. Just think about uh, the totality of what we got. Yeah, 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 yeah. But – as it pertains to cornerback two per se, Kelvin scouts, no Sean coaches. When you're stamped by the coach, it means something a little bit more. And we'll see yes, how it yes, plays yes, out. Yes. I know and, exactly and what you mean. You've got to say in OTAs that Nashawn's actually, um, you know, he's he's backed up the coach's assertions. He's you know, flying. He, he's flying. And, and, and Joseph, okay, was unlucky that he came into contact with somebody who – Obviously, he then had to go into isolation for a bit. Right. 
yeah. missed out on three, three, four practices or whatever. Um, you know, this could we could see that Nishon's actually, you know, the steal of the draft as well. Uh, you he know, very much could be. Absolutely, you know, thought thought Jerry had been drinking you know, a couple <laughs> of bottles of bourbon that day, you know. Well, look, put it this way. I know we're not talking cornerbacks, but we'll just oh, do yeah. it since we're there. But Nishon Wright, what you've got to realise is, like you said, that's the coach's pick. That is Dan mm. Quinn's pick. Yep. He's looked at him, he's looked at the length, he's looked at the range, and he's gone, hmm, I had that before, Richard Sherman. Where right. did he pick Richard Sherman? Picked him in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and yep. coaches are creatures of habit. They you are. Know, they, they, they just they are. are. And they have a profile, they have certain things, and we can easily take back. Unlike Nolan last year, who just, well, we signed some guys, uh. we drafted, whatever, but you can, it's a clear cut from every single free agent that we brought in to, Every single draft pick, it makes sense in what he longer, faster, bigger, and that's what he wanted to be. You know, you know, Marin, and I'll go back to Marinelli was well, give me the talent and I'll mold them a little bit. I don't really care about a long ended and different things. No, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. And again, back to the woods getting up out of here ASAP. It's like no, no, you don't fit the profile, sir. You have to go. I don't believe in that. And so he has, and he sticks to his guns. And back to your point with with no Sean versus say and uh, you know a Sherman, if you will. Uh, definitely Dan Quinn has a plan. And that's hey man, that's what we should be excited about. He's yeah, definitely. Executing. We know he has a plan, and we're seeing it executed. Now we got to see it on the field. Where it matters most. Then the last two guys then, and we'll wrap things up here. Uh, first one is an Aggie, which is interesting. But there are some issues <laughs> here. It's Anthony Hines III, third, yeah. uh, undrafted free agent this year. For me, even down to the injury history, very Jalen Smith-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't even see me the last year. He opted out. Um, he's 660K on cap. He's an undrafted free agent. So it's only his signing bonus, really, that is uh, there. I'm not sure if he makes the cut. Possibly put him to a practice squad role, I think. Right. But I can't I can't see it. More purely because i got to stick by my guns. And same with Jalen Smith. He plays a position slowly dying out. That's really Anthony High. When you look as well at statistics, as well as the measurables, matches mm. up very closely to Jalen Smith. Very close. Almost a mirror image. Uh, the other is Azur Kamara, undrafted mm. free agent last year from Kansas. Uh, he was on IR in 2020, so didn't do much. I don't know about you guys. Either of them, are you keeping practice squad guys maybe at a push? I th- I think practice squad or you you'll be seeing them next year in the USFL when that restarts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I think um, you know. Go go ahead. I'm sorry, Lauren. Go ahead. No, no, no. I uh, if not if not the USFL, I mean obviously you can go north of the border and go and yeah. play in the Canadian game. Um, you know, r- refine your technique up there. There's a guy on the on the Eagles roster, a guy called Alex Singleton. Now he was, I'm a I'm a Calgary Stampeders fan for the CFL, <laughs> and uh, I mean he he was your your Sean Lee type uh, linebacker. You know, very instinctive, knew what, where everything is. He's come down initially was a backup for the Eagles, and now he's coming in. Last year he was he was leading the leading tackler for the Eagles last year and uh, this year he's predicted to be um, you know he's going to be the leader of that defense and leader of the linebacking core so 
you know, a lot of people poo-poo some of these leagues like the USFL, but it's it's if nothing else, it's honing your skills. It's p- getting more tape. Somebody's going to take you, and somebody can see the benefits of you. Um, and it's probably better than if you're sitting in a practice squad and you're great. You're you're training with the team. Nobody's nobody's going to be watching video of what you're doing on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's what you can do on game day. Um, so, yeah, with yeah. you there, mate. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, Hans. You know, Hans is a you know six two, right? Six two, about about two thirty five ish. Um, he's from Plano. He's a local kid, right? So you bring the local kid, feel good story. You bring him in for camp, see what happens. Uh, you know, but I, I think maybe a little bit more juice with with Kamara. Uh, again, six four, right? Yeah. Lengthy. Uh, and you know he's a third guy that we brought in from this uh, Kansas. I mean, he's another guy that we brought in from Kansas. Um, you know, and and if you go back to, I mean, his coach that was there, right, was the old LSU coach. Um, uh, oh, East the Grass, forgot his name, Lord. Yeah, yeah, the old guy. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah. So, so I mean, there's a guy. So renowned, I mean, renowned for bringing up underdogs. Right. You know. So I mean, yeah. maybe a little juicier because of the size profile, whatever. But I'm with you. I mean, these guys were talking their camp bodies. Oh, what's his name? Yeah. Man, I you know I see his face. Uh, Lee starts with an L. Starts with an L. Lord, it's going to drive me up a wall now. Oh my goodness. I'm not. Was, I'm not going to cheat and Google it. I was just about to Google. That's all right. It. That's okay. I'm going to. How about that? I'm gonna. Uh, Oh, when I see it too, I'm gonna be so mad about it. I, I really am. I, I really am. Lance, Lance. Oh, it's on my tiptoe. It's on my tiptoe. It's it, it's really there. Let me. There we go. Boom. I see his whole face and everything. I hate it here. I really do. <laughs> Less miles. Less yeah, miles. Yeah, yeah, Jeez, yeah. Jeez, yeah, yeah. Louise. Anyway, so but again, so, some size <laughs> profile stuff. Less miles. Uh, we're over there in Kansas. And he played with him. So, uh, but again, camp bodies. At best, probably you're looking at, um, uh, as y'all said, practice squad guys, and uh, we'll see what happens. But hey, you know, it takes one one opportunity or whatnot, right? We saw a drafted guy, albeit at the quarterback position, Deshaun, right? Get a little bit extra opportunity, get a little shine. So same thing with these guys as well. Um, camp bodies until further notice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and that pretty much wraps all that up. Uh, before we go, though, we will pay the bills, but I don't want to do that before asking you about Star Gang, the guys you've got over there, because uh, we'll get them all over. Uh, but tell us a bit about it. And then, so obviously the UK audience knows awesome. where to go and where to follow. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah, uh, we started, uh, we're heading to our third season. Uh, so yeah, we 2019. Uh, and so we had the ninth. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. My goodness. Should we start at the same time then? Yeah, yeah. Night. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people kind of did. So yeah, we had uh, you know, nineteen twenty season. Now we're going to the third season, uh, twenty one. Hoping for some little bit better results, right, guys? Uh, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. We we, are, we appreciate everybody so much, man. We started with one hundred fifty uh, followers throughout social media. We're uh, knocking the door down on fifteen grand now across social media following us. Uh, so uh, not, not only just me, man. I got my guy Spoonie. Uh, yeah. If you ever tune in, watch Spoonie's Minute. Um, he definitely gets the rant off of Cowboys Nation. You can follow him. You can follow him at Spoonie uh, eighty eight one on Twitter. Uh, my girl Mary Ella, uh, she's starting beauty over there on Twitter. And then of course our newest addition, uh, Matt Owen, aka Professor O. And you can follow him Professor O on Twitter as well. Um, we got the Star Gang group and page on Facebook. Come join the group, like and follow the page. We put up all of our content there. And then of course currently we're trying to grow the YouTube page. 
where we are really trying to push to a thousand before the season starts. Stargate podcast, that simple. Type it in, follow, subscribe, and uh, man, catch me on Twitter. Your underscore guy underscore Nick's man. Uh, come follow me over there. I have a great conversation with people all the time, like these fine gentlemen here. And <laughs> I, I plopped in just out of nowhere one day on myself on the let me in. I said, man, we got to do it again. They finally reached out, man. I love what y'all do. I always have a good time watching y'all, and uh, appreciate y'all having me on, man. And uh, no, no, hey, 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 all you. you missed out. he's left i want to say holding the baby but his baby is a small brown dog ah fair enough (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i mean like we'll we'll reach out and we'll get the other guys on you know do the whole the cross mojination whatever you want to call it flow uh yeah yeah we'll definitely do it um so uh, you know everyone in the uk gets them you know, know and see all awesome. of you. We, we, yeah, like you say, we, you know, through draft day, we spoke to you guys and all mm. the rest of it. Um, we had Tuck on as well. Tuck flew in yeah. and out uh, as the night was going on. Um, but yeah, thank you very much uh, for joining us. And before we go, make sure, guys, if you are going to a game this year, uh, you bucket through Cowboys Experience for their game day tickets, packages, and stadium tours, and of course, their tailgate parties. And if you do go to book with Cowboys Experience, use the booking code UK Cowboys because, Lorne, what happens? You A, won't be a clown, and B, you get free stuff. Hey, what's wrong some... with free? <laughs> yeah, what is The best wrong things with in life are free. Best free things 99. in life are free. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that is the linebacker call, guys, uh, on the positional breakdown series. Getting a little bit closer to camp and then a little bit closer to some real football. One um, question. I want to ask you all one question before we get out of here. Go on, man. Go on, go on. Real go quick. On. Who's your surprise cut after camp? Mm. I know. I'm putting you on the spot. I'm putting you on the spot. Surprise cut. Who's the surprise cut for camp? You can go with none. You can be with no. You can go with zero. No, I no no no. My surprise cut will be because people will say, "Oh, it's all about the special teams." So it's a little bit of a cop out. Okay. My surprise cut will be Noah Brown. Okay, Lauren, you got a surprise cut? Uh, I'm go- I'm going to say Cedric Wilson's gone. I, the, the the two the two million on the cap this year. Uh, as I say, any, anything that we can carry across next season in f- dead in free money uh, mitigates anything that we've got in uh, the cap charge next year. Um, two two million is a hefty um, charge on the cap this year. Yeah, yeah. Anything that we can save anywhere, and yeah. you've got guys like Fuhoko, um, You know, he's going to take one of their. Where certainly he's going to either take Noah Browns or he's going to take. Um, Wilson's job. Yeah. So, like what's it. yours that next? What's like yours? It. Go on. We get yours as well. Oh yeah, fair enough. You know, I, I'm a, I'm gonna go out on a limb a little bit, and I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow the money train a little bit. I know it's a mm-hmm. oh, look, they I, always say follow the money. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm gonna follow the money, and I get it. We're we're hearing about him now and whatnot. We haven't really added nothing to the position, but I think if things play out a particular way in camp, I think Anthony Brown gets cut. I can Ooh. see that cornerback. Yep. I can Saves see you. it. Saves you four, going. saves you four million dollars. I know the guy I'm penciling it in at, 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 at cornerback two right now. I'm still not buying the hype. I'm not yeah, buying the I hype. Know. I think they're waiting for people to walk through. And you basically signed and again if we're following the contracts, right? They basically signed uh, Jordan Lewis to the same contract yeah. as Brown. Why would you keep him? You can save four million bucks. We'll see though. Brown's my mm. guy. That's 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 who I'm rolling with. 
Yeah, I know. The, my issue is uh, I'm just so worried about the corners. Like Andrew. you just start off with week one and yeah. look at what. Well, <laughs> okay, you're going to turn around and you're going to say you got Brady with um, mm -hmm. Mike Evans, uh, Algy, and uh, and um, Goodwin, Godwin. Yeah. They uh, I'm throwing Gronk as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. that your corners that we know that we've got right now. That's what they're facing mm -hmm. week one. Yeah, and you're just like, yep. And let me ask you this. Games. Let me ask you this. Brown being on the squad or not, does it make you feel any better? No. Exactly. There no. you go. It's Four million bucks. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. It just the only thing is the veteran, you know, I'm the veteran that yeah. but in terms of talent wise, no. Right. So but, again, but then, we're following the money. We'll see. Yeah. Look look at look at the eighty one secondary where we had uh, Michael Downs and Everson Wall starting, you know, yeah, part yeah. of the Thurman Thurman's thieves and you know that the the one the one start the 1980 to 1985 the Cowboys had something like 134 interceptions. You go, I think you go from Wade Phillips right through all the way through to last end of last year, and we're not even close to that. We're about 127. So in a passing league now. In a passing yeah. I was just yeah. about to say that. Crazy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I'm sorry to hold you. I, I'd like to throw that out to see. No, no, no. It's fine. So appreciate hey, that. I see what you're we're, we're, we're here to talk, man. We're here to talk. But <laughs> we'll get you on again, man. We'll definitely get you on again. There's plenty of uh, Cowboys football to be had. Um, but for this week, uh, that is us. So from Lorne and Nick's, we'll see you all again next week, guys. Peace. Yep. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>